Hey everyone, welcome to Tent Pegs and Tabernacles. So glad that you're joining us again today for a new episode. I'm really excited about what we're jumping into. Delana, why don't you give us an introduction and an idea of where we're going to be going through conversation today? Yeah, so today talking about um, prophetic puzzle pieces. Doesn't that sound cool and kind of mysterious? It does. Um, so yeah, the whole idea of prophetic words and dreams and visions, all that prophetic activity and, um, you know, the, the journey with those can be so interesting. And I feel like we have experienced quite a bit of life-shaping directional things for our own lives based on prophetic words, dreams, uh, interesting prophetic activity, and that has been a really interesting and growing process for us, wouldn't you say? Yes, very much. Um, so I think it would be really great to jump into some of those topics. How do you, um, what do you do when you have prophetic words that you don't understand? How do you interpret? How do you hold all of those things in tension? You know, how do they apply from one season to another? And sometimes it can be a little overwhelming to think through, um, but really it's, it's really exciting, especially if you view it as uh, really a journey walking with the Lord. And sometimes I like to think about we're really living like a spiritual scavenger hunt where the Lord's like leaving clues like the amazing race, but we're doing this in the spirit, you know, and sometimes actually in the natural as well. <laughs> so, yes. I mean, even with us living here in Manchester, I mean, that's totally based on prophetic activity. So we can get into that later, but that's like an overview of the topic that we're really excited to jump into today. Yeah, and I would say this is really an essential part of learning to follow Jesus is to learn the language of the Spirit. The Bible says in Psalm 104 that He walks on the wings of the wind. And so if we're going to walk with God, we have to learn how to navigate the wind, how to, how to walk on the wings of the wind with Him. One of my favorite scriptures in regard to this is John chapter 3, when Jesus says, Everyone who is born of the Spirit is like the wind. You don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And the life of the Spirit is a life that may not make sense to a natural mind. Actually, the Apostle Paul says, The natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit. And I've seen some translations put that verse um, basically in a frame that means Christians versus non-Christians. Like, if you're a non-Christian, you can't receive the things of the Spirit. But I think what it's saying is exactly what it's written, that the natural man, when we think with our natural mind alone, even if we're born again, we can't receive the things of the Spirit because to receive the things of the Spirit requires us to get into a spiritual rhythm, understanding and interpreting the language of the Spirit. So that's the point of this podcast, is to start talking about prophetic DNA, prophetic language, receiving and putting together different prophetic puzzle pieces, and understanding how God speaks in that way. So, love, why don't you start talking about how prophetic language can be both specific and cyclical, that it may not just apply, apply to one season when God speaks to you, but it may have an application for lots of different seasons, because I love the way that you explain that. Yeah, I, I feel like we've experienced that in kind of different ways throughout our marriage and kind of following the voice of the Lord and dreams and trying to interpret those. And I think it's always been so fascinating to me how you can receive maybe a dream from the Lord and get 
it feels so current and so like it's speaking immediately into where you are, giving you perspective um, and even direction for decisions. Or maybe you're praying into like a you have a big question you're asking the Lord, like, Lord, what am I supposed to do regarding this situation? And you feel like you get this dream that kind of breaks through the fog there where you're trying to discern what the Lord's saying. And so sometimes those dreams can speak so current to where you are. But then I've also noticed that sometimes they come back around in a different season. And it's like you find another piece of it that maybe wasn't at the forefront when you first had the dream. Right. Because you're in a different place, but it's like you're still mining out the gold that's hidden there. The Lord has this way of of being able to hide things within those words and even in prophetic words as well. It's like we know in part, we prophesy in part. There is a an element of knowing one element at a time sometimes. Like maybe that's what we can handle or maybe it's what's relevant to us in that season. But I think sometimes we want to take the implications of what that is, apply it, and then move on to the next thing. Look for another dream. Look for another word. And sometimes it's sitting with those and watching how the Lord causes them to unfold over time. Sometimes it's over weeks, sometimes over months or even years. I mean, we've had several prophetic words that we thought the Lord had fulfilled or had we had kind of used them, so to speak, in application in our lives. And come to find out years down the road, it comes back up again. And you're like, whoa, Yeah, I think the Lord was saying that. I think he was also saying this, but we couldn't see that at the time. Or maybe there were not circumstances yet that had played out for us to even be able to see how that fit into it. So just as an encouragement there, don't toss away your prophetic words and your dreams once you feel like you have some element of interpretation or application for it. Be willing to sit there and hold those. Like we said, I love that imagery of puzzle pieces on the table. There are all these little individual pieces And sometimes there are pieces that feel like they don't belong anywhere in the picture of our lives. But I think being willing to just let them sit there, sometimes it's for a a short period of time, sometimes it's for a really long period of time. But at some point, those things begin to take shape. They begin to fit together with the other right pieces. And so I think that's really fascinating. I love that. And I think even Scripture itself operates in this manner of, it's like Scripture speaks to every generation, but Scripture also has a final conclusion to it. Like the things that Scripture speaks about, there's a day coming where all of that will manifest in fullness. But just because there's a final day and a full day of togetherness or conclusion, that doesn't mean that Scripture is silent to the generation's that are moving toward that final end. Mm -hmm. It speaks both in the present and ultimately to the future. And as Delaney was describing, that is the the nature of prophetic language. God will speak to you through a dream, through a prophetic word, through a the inward witness of the Holy Spirit. And when he does that, it'll have an immediate application for your life, but also a guiding application that is leading you into something. And so one thing I would really encourage people to do is to value the prophetic whispers you receive, yes. even if you don't understand what they mean. And this is referencing something that Lou Engle said in our last podcast. He said, most people don't receive prophetic revelation because they don't treat it as holy. 
And so a real key to unlocking the counsel of the Lord for your life is to value his language when it comes to you, even if you don't know how to immediately apply it, even if you don't know how to immediately interpret it. You have to store it up in your heart and ponder it. That's what Mary, the mother of Jesus, did. There was all of these prophetic happenings surrounding his birth with wise men coming and shepherds and dreams that Joseph was having. And Mary probably didn't understand all of those details. So it says um, several times in the Gospel of Luke that Mary stored these things up in her heart or she pondered them in her heart. In other words, I don't understand it, but I'm not going to throw it away just because I don't understand it. I'm going to value it. I'm going to remember it. I'm going to ponder it. And God will bring it to pass in his own time, in his own way. That's so good. makes me even think about you know, the idea of seed time and harvest, the Lord planting a seed of something in you through a dream, maybe through a prophetic word or a vision, or um, maybe even just that deep sense in your spirit where you know the Lord's speaking to you, or you're reading the word and you know, this is a direct word to me for, um, for my life. And letting that thing, you know, rest in the ground. And that doesn't mean you don't tend it or you don't care about it at all. You, you let it sit there, let it germinate, you know, and at some point there's going to be the harvest of that that comes out to produce something fruitful. Yeah. And to encourage you as well, the ultimate fruit of something typically looks nothing like the seed version of the something. That is, that, <laughs> that is so true. And I think we laugh about that because we have so experienced that where yeah. initially we think a word means something very, sometimes I think when, when we get a word and, and it's maybe hard for us to understand, or it seems completely um, nonsensical, like this doesn't seem to apply at all. This couldn't possibly be what the Lord is saying. So we make it a figurative thing mm-hmm. when sometimes it's actually a very literal. Sometimes we try to act literally on things and the Lord is using other kind of language, figurative language there that is yet to be um, unfolded. And so I think trying to navigate that is a process that we we grow in the more we journey with the Lord. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's talk maybe some specific examples because this whole idea of you know, receiving prophetic language as puzzle pieces. That's certainly been a lot of our own journey, a lot of our own story, especially when we talk about presently what we're doing right here in Manchester, because that's the way the Lord led us to Manchester. Yeah, I I want you to jump in there because I think you do a great job telling that part of the story, because it was some of your dreams that you were actually making, you know, figurative language that ended up playing out very literal. Yeah, so this there's a lot of different starting points, but I'll go to September 2019. And one weekend I had two dreams, one on a like early morning Saturday, one early morning Sunday, and I know they were both from the Lord. They're both very vivid. I had a sense of the presence of God in the dream. And let me just say this in regard to dreams. There are different kinds of dreams. There are different sort of levels of dreams. Um, and I would say value all of them because God can use all of them. Even the ones that, are, that just seem totally random, still honor them enough to write them down. That doesn't mean everyone has the same level of God's counsel in it, within it, but still, again, ha- develop the habit of writing dreams down. That's a great starting point. So this particular weekend in September, I had two dreams, and one of the dreams... Um, I'll skip some details, but the heart of it is 
I walk into a room and Miss Karen looks at me and she says, oh, it's not just me, it's you as well. We're going to Manchester, aren't we? And I know in the dream, oh, me, Delena, our kids, we're supposed to move to Manchester for one to two years and just simply serve at the ramps work there in Manchester. So I wake up from that dream and I am really pondering, what does this dream mean? Honestly, the explicit interpretation, maybe we should move to Manchester for only two years, was not even on my radar at all. Like it wasn't even in the realm of possibility, this dream may actually mean move to Manchester. I so put it in the category of metaphorical language. Okay, what does it mean to quote unquote move to Manchester? Maybe it is to, you know, make, uh, cultivate better relationship with Joe and Stacy and make sure that we are investing from our role in Hamilton into the work in Manchester. So, you know, I held that dream, again, in a metaphorical category and pondered it. Well, right after that, two things happened that seemed to confirm that metaphorical interpretation. I had that dream in September. The very next month, Miss Karen is scheduled to come to Manchester in order to minister to conference. What about three days before she's scheduled to fly? She has this issue with her back, and she meets with me at her house and says, Micah, I can't go to Manchester. I can't fly. Will you go instead of me? And so I unexpectedly, I'm on a plane, and I'm going to Manchester. I'm thinking, oh, cool. This is a cool interpretation of the dream. This must be what the dream meant, that I'm supposed to focus on Manchester more. Then right after that, a few months later, I come back to Manchester in March of 2020, again, continuing to invest in the work here, be a part of a conference here, and minister. And again, I think to myself, oh, this is another confirmation of the metaphorical interpretation. Be active in Manchester. Focus on the work. Well, fast forward to the summer of 2020, and during the summer of 2020, someone on our team at that time, her name is Shiloh, she comes up to me after a service. And when she comes up to me, she says, as I was in the middle of worship tonight, I simply heard from God, Micah and Delena are going to Manchester. And they need to go, regardless of what it looks like, and they just need to be there. So she comes up to me after service, releases that word, and when she says that, I just think to myself, okay, cool. <laughs> I, I don't really know what to do with that, but I'll write it down, and I'll make sure I make a note of it and value it, and we'll just kind of see where that goes. So another emphasis on Manchester. Then, fast forward to the summer of 2021, we begin to feel... You know, these stirrings, and maybe I'll talk about that a little bit later in this podcast, these stirrings of something is going on, the Lord is stirring the waters. Um, we're starting to feel slightly as though the role that we were in, it felt limited, as though there may be some kind of transition on the horizon. And the teams around us began to, in their own ways, confirm that through releasing to us prophetic words and things they were sensing. It was just really bizarre, the kind of agreement that was surrounding us. Even though we weren't sharing the details of what we were sensing with people, they were just coming up and saying certain things that confirmed what we were hearing. Well, we were processing that, praying over that. We get to October of 2021, and I'm awakened like early morning hours on October 12th, 2021, this very vivid dream that when I wake up from the dream, I know God is saying explicitly 
we're supposed to move to Manchester. And so when I look back in hindsight, I realized, you know, the dream I had in 2019, the prophetic word from Shiloh in 2020, that then led us to October 2021, it was not metaphorical, it was literal, no, God is saying, go to Manchester, whatever it looks like. So this is an example of, and again, I'm skipping actually loads of details, Yeah. but that's an example of how these little puzzle pieces, it, it sometimes takes years to unfold their meaning. Don't throw it away because you don't know what it means. Daniel says this one time in the book of Daniel, the vision was true, but the time was long. I think that's a great description of the way prophetic language works. God speaks in ways that are true, but the exact application may take years to unfold. That's so true. And I find it so funny as we're sitting here in our living room in Manchester, like yes. looking out at a cloudy Manchester sky. <laughs> yeah, it stays very Manchester gray. <laughs> it, it is. One of the things you actually just said made me think of something that you have talked about before that has always stuck with me that I have found super helpful. And that is the idea of how prophetic words, you can have like a prophetic timeline mm, that yeah. you start to figure out how the Lord sometimes can speak in a certain timeline of how those prophetic words, when you receive them, and then when they can typically start to come together. Yeah, so that's really good. And that whole idea came from our friend, Pastor Andy Elms, who's down on the South Coast in England in Portsmouth. And he told me this a few years ago. He said, well, Micah, I basically learned about myself that my prophetic range is about two years. And so, of course, I asked him, I was like, what do you mean? He said, usually God will speak to me about something, like a directive for the church. And he said, "For the, like, as soon as I get it, if you know Pastor Andy, this is not surprising. He gets so amped and excited. <laughs> he just tries, he just goes for it, you know, tries to make it happen. He says, usually I spend about a year trying to make the thing that God said, trying to make it happen. And he says, it just like, I can't get traction, I can't get momentum, and it's frustrating. Um, and then typically, after about a year of trying to make it happen, four stores open, I just kind of leave it alone and say, okay, well, if it's the Lord, he'll make it happen. And then he says, usually about a year after that is when the thing happens, and I'm like, oh, this is what you're talking about, Lord. So there is part of the prophetic process of understanding the range God is speaking to you um, within, because sometimes He's giving you instruction for the moment. Sometimes He is giving you information for years to come so that when you get to that moment, you know what to do because He's already given you counsel ahead of time. That's so good. And um, I have thought about the way that the Lord speaks prophetically and you know the timelines there. Uh, I like to think about it very similar to like a pregnancy. Yeah. Especially when the Lord is speaking to you big, like transformational things that you really can't digest initially. You know, when when you get pregnant, there's there's like this initial excitement and then all of a sudden, especially your first time, it's like fear hits. How is this possible? Can I do this? Am I capable of this? How painful is this going to be? And so you wrestle with all of that. And then you kind of get you know, into your second trimester and you feel better, you feel more energy, it's, you're doing okay. And you are doing all of your research, you're preparing in a lot of ways. And then that third trimester, all of those fears are gone. Cause at that point you are so done, you are 
ready to tackle head on this thing that initially you were terrified to even think through. And I think the Lord is so strategic in the way that he even set that up to happen. He knew that it wasn't just about the physical development of a child in that nine months. I think it's also what the Lord is doing in the mother to be able to prepare in her heart, in her mind, in a physical space for a coming child. And it takes that full nine months to really get ready for that in a lot of different ways. I feel so similarly to some of those really epic things that the Lord speaks, like even for us coming to Manchester, um, the Lord knew it would take time to uproot a family from a place that they had been for a couple of decades and to take them from their home and to move them to another country. And so I'm not saying the Lord never requires you to act quickly on a word, but sometimes when it's those kind of massive things, he really does give it to you ahead of time and you kind of, you chew on that a little bit, you ponder it, you wrestle with it, you go through all of the emotions of what that means and by the end of it, by the time it's time for that word to come to pass, it's like you are, you're ready. You're ready in your spirit. It's, it takes that, I think, if that makes sense to be ready. And so I think I've noticed that as well. Sometimes that timeline, that doesn't mean it's going to be nine months, but that there can be sometimes a longer range and sometimes much longer than that. Like we've talked about, it could be years down the road before that happens. But I think sometimes it's great to know that, that even in the prophetic process, if the Lord speaks challenging things or things that seem impossible, or you don't know how you can do in the natural, or because even our move to Manchester, the reason why, like I remember this, it seemed so unplausible for us to be in Manchester because we were pastoring, mm-hmm. you know, Ramp Church in Hamilton. Joe and Stacy were pastoring Ramp Church in Manchester. They don't need more pastors. What else would we do? Why would it didn't make sense in the natural? Why would you resign a position to go just live in another city where there's already pastors for that ministry? It just it didn't compute. But the thing is, the Lord had something completely different in mind. Yeah. So I think too, keeping um, sometimes when the Lord speaks and you don't understand it, it is that holding it, that pondering it. Letting the Lord, you know, let it run its course uh, the way the Lord wants it to, but also keeping keeping your mind open and possibilities open that it could look completely differently than you think, but also the Lord is able to do things that seem impossible. Yeah, and I would also say the older I get, the more I'm realizing it's the mercy of God that uses process to prepare us for prophetic fulfillment because we need time to emotionally prepare. Yes. We need time to practically prepare. And sometimes the process side is the most frustrating, especially when you're younger, Mm -hmm. because it's just so stretching. Again, I love that example of pregnancy because you you've received something, you're carrying something, but you've got to live life until right. the baby is born. And in the process, you're growing, you're changing, you're emotionally developing, you're physically transforming. There's a lot of things happening that's getting you ready. And so just to encourage people out there that feel like your prophetic process is taking a really long time, it's actually the mercy of God that is putting a lot of things in place. It's like he's building an internal infrastructure 
that can hold what he wants to do. So keep living your life. Some of our friends in ministry, we really honor these leaders, Pastor Rusty and Lisa Nelson in Huntsville. Pastor Rusty said it this way one time. He said, between like, you know, now and then, between when God speaks to you and you step into the fulfillment, he said, there's a lot of living. That's so true. And just that idea, there's a lot of living between those moments of prophetic fulfillment, that is so helpful just to gain that perspective. I've got to live my every days and trust that God is developing me in the process. It's so good. It makes me think of that that verse. What is it about? Um, it will not delay. Yeah, yeah. That one Habakkuk, is Habakkuk, I think. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. About, yeah, it basically says, though it tarries, wait for it. Right. Because it will come, it will not delay. It's like what it just said, if it waits, if it tarries, wait for it. It won't delay. And it's like when it's time to be fulfilled, there'll be an acceleration to the prophetic word. And our responsibility is to be both patient and expectant at the same time, that we are walking with God through the process while staying vigilant and expectant that it's going to come at any moment. That's so true. It makes me think about like gardening. I miss my garden. (laughs) That's one of the things I really miss. Um, but it's like the gardening process. You feel like you're tending it. You're doing all this work. You prep everything. You plant it. It seems like it's taking so long before you ever get to harvest anything. But every day you're going out, you're tending it. It's that daily living. And it doesn't look like very much is happening. You know, I would go out every single morning to check my plants. And, you know, you see sometimes the tiniest bit of growth. Or sometimes it looks like absolutely nothing's happening. And then one day you go out there and then you can tell it's getting close and the fruit is starting to grow. And the next thing you know, it's harvest time. The fruit is coming so quickly. You almost can't, you're overwhelmed with how much it's coming in and it's, um, it's overwhelming. And I feel like it's, it is so similar when it, when the time is ripe, when it's right for the word to come to pass, it can happen so quickly. It makes you feel like your head is spinning. It's happening so fast. That's so good. And I love that word ripe because it communicates that though the gardening process can be long, when something is ripe, you've got to be sensitive to that and move when it's ripe. Move, act on yes. that moment because something that stays in the garden too long, ripe becomes, you know, something that is ripe can quickly become rotten Absolutely. if it's not seized. And so part of the, a prophetic rhythm is patiently going through that range we mm-hmm. talked about, but then understanding the ripeness of a moment and moving so that you're staying in fruitfulness. Absolutely. And the, in the same way, it's the same way if you try to pick something prematurely, it can be hard and tough and wow. not, it just, you're making it more difficult when you are rushing something that you're so impatient to have. You want it. So I think waiting and that, that ability to discern times and seasons, and that can only be a spirit thing, a spirit led thing, which, you know, goes to show you there has to be that seemingly boring element of just walking in the spirit daily. Yes. It's the thing that seems so mundane. It seems like nothing's happening. Nothing is changing, but is absolutely the consistency of those seasons that prepares us to know when it is ripe and when it is time to act. Well, something you just said really is like a fresh point of revelation for me that when you act too soon, Things can be unnecessarily tough Mm -hmm. and hard. 
but it is the ripeness that causes you really to seize the moment the best way. And I think that is so encouraging to people that are listening, that are trying to figure out their own process and maybe feel a little frustrated with where they are. Remember, it is the mercy of God that is maybe even restraining full interpretation. It's good. Because if you had full interpretation now, you may act too soon. You may act out of season, Mm -hmm. and it will make things more difficult for you. So walk with God in a place of trust, and as you do that, trust that He will speak to you clearly about the times and the seasons. So, love, how about we start to you know, wind this down by talking a little more practically about what people can do to start exercising these prophetic muscles and start walking in the rhythm of the Spirit. Is there, are there any starting points that you'd like to recommend? Um, well, I think there, yeah, in different arenas, there are different things. The first thing that comes to my mind is, is on the topic of dreams, you know, prophetic words. And I think sometimes I've heard a lot of people say this. I felt this way myself at different times that I just don't dream or I don't get a lot of prophetic words. Um, so which can immediately make you feel disqualified from from engaging with it because you feel like it's out of your control. Like, well, if I don't have dreams, then how do I, then I have no puzzle pieces. If I don't get prophetic words very often, I don't have puzzle pieces to work with. And I would say starting with the simple idea of just asking the Lord, you know, and also the same thing, but even, you know, and Paul talks about um, prophecy. It's like the desire that all of you would prophesy, you know, eagerly desire to prophesy, to prophesy. So I think that is to prophesy, but also to hear prophetically, to receive prophetically, yes. to walk in a prophetic way in the way that we live our lives. So I would say starting with just asking God, say, Lord, this is an area of my life that I don't see the kind of activity that I would want to see. I'm hungry for this. I want, yes, I know that you speak to me through different ways and you're speaking to me through your word and through you know, other avenues as well, but I want to, I want there to be some clarity in my hearing here. I want to be able to hear your voice in this way. And, you know, the next step beyond that is I truly believe the Lord is going to begin to release yeah. words. Uh, he answers that. It's his desire to give it to us. It might not always be in the timing that we want or when we're expecting it. Or the package that we want. Or the package that we want. But, Keep your spiritual eyes and ears open. And if you have a dream, and this has been such a, a thing I have felt so much conviction about from time to time. Wow, I don't have dreams. I don't have dreams. And then I'll have a dream and I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I know I've had it and I just go back to sleep. And the next morning I forget it. And then I feel so convicted. So I've just made such a conscious effort to make sure if I get a dream I don't care if I understand it. I don't care if it seems like a pizza dream. I'm going to write it down. Sometimes that is I'll go downstairs, break out my journal, and I will write it down vividly in that moment. Sometimes I'll just keep my phone beside the bed and I will, I actually did this last night. I had a dream last night and um, I didn't want to go all the way downstairs. I didn't even know where my journal was. So I thought I'm just going to pull out my phone, open up my notes, and I You know, I didn't get crazy detailed, but like I wrote all of the high points 
that I could remember from my dream in that note. And this morning I opened it back up and it all came back to me because I had simply written down, you know, the things that I could remember about it. So I think being faithful to just do the little bit, I don't think God's asking us to do crazy things that we're incapable of. It really is the simple act of faithfulness to just engage with it. Pay attention to it. You know, I was actually reading yesterday in Jeremiah 30, I think it was 30, in the very beginning of it, the Lord speaks to him and just says, Jeremiah, write down for yourself in a book all the words that I've given you. Mm. And I love that because later in Jeremiah 36, God speaks to Jeremiah about writing for his audience, for the children of Israel to hear what he's saying. But before he says, write for them, he says, write for yourself. I love and that. so I think the discipline of journaling, of writing down these mm-hmm. You know, capturing these puzzle pieces so that way we have a record of them and we're able to go back and see the storyline um, is really key. A couple of uh, practical things I would give as well is I would say pray in the Spirit often. That's good. I love how Delana said a moment ago, it's important for us to walk in the Spirit if we're going to be sensitive to the times and seasons where things are becoming ripe in our lives. And one of the ways to do that practically is just pray in the Spirit often. It keeps your spiritual awareness alive. It keeps you spiritually sensitive. So that's just one very simple Mm -hmm. key. Another key is, this one's maybe a little unexpected, but I would say guard your mouth about making your plans about the future too concrete or too certain. Mm -hmm. And this is something that Jesus taught that we often overlook. And most of us, unfortunately, don't apply it because I don't know if we just don't take him seriously or what. But Jesus, actually quoting Proverbs, says, Do not boast about tomorrow, saying, I'll go to such and such place and do this. Rather say, Lord willing, or if God wills, I'll do that. I mean, that's something that Jesus taught his disciples to do explicitly. I think the reason he's saying that is because if we with our mouths make too many commitments about our future trajectory out of our own understanding, we are closing off our ear to God possibilities. We're closing off our perspective to what he can do because the more we say for certain what we're going to do, the more internally we commit it, the more internally committed we feel to that thing. And so Jesus taught us to say If God wills, I'll do such and such. If God wants, I'll do such and such. Lord willing. So I want to encourage you to adopt that kind of language. So I often respond to our children this way. They'll say, Dad, are we doing this this weekend? And I will typically say, well, we plan to. And then a lot of times they'll ask about that. And I say, well, I'm saying we'll plan to because I want to stay open to God interruptions. And I want to stay open to the possibility that it may not happen because I don't want to commit to something that then we don't do. And then you go back and say, Dad, you said we're going to do this. I want to leave our lifestyle open to the wind of the Spirit. John 3, Psalm 104, he walks on the wings of the wind. If we're going to walk with him, we have to learn to move with the wind of the Spirit. It's true. And I can't tell you how many times I have been very quick to be ensnared by my own words about something, either by saying, oh, I'll never do that, or no, this is what I'm planning on doing. We're going to do this. Um, and I think even a lot of that is is good planning, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to be a faithful steward over something by saying, oh, this is what we're going to do. And I can't tell you how many times the Lord has made me do exactly the opposite of what I said. Yeah. I think sometimes <laughs> just to humble me and make me remember that's a great idea, but did you seek my counsel about that? Mm. Or was that your own idea about what I said? So I think yeah. exactly what you're saying. It's we are like the wind, staying flexible, moldable, you know, just even Jesus, he did he said he did nothing unless he saw the Father do it first. So Jesus himself was living only doing what he saw. He wasn't doing his own thing. It was all in submission to his father. So I think obviously in like manner, that's how we want to live our lives is yes, we want to be faithful stewards over what he's given us, but it's always leaving that bit of space for if the Lord wills, whatever the Lord wills and whatever he does or wants is what we're going to do. Yeah, something I've been praying often lately is God interrupt us. Mm-hmm. You know what we're planning. If this is not what you want, you know how to interrupt us, interrupt us. And standing on the scripture from Proverbs, a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So Lord, here's our plans, but they're all on the altar before you. Interrupt us. So how about we end, love, with praying over all of our listeners that these prophetic gifts and this prophetic awareness would be stirred up in yeah. them. And why don't you begin praying and then I'll uh, finish it off. Yeah. Lord, I just pray over every single ear that is listening to this podcast. Lord, I think that it's very intentional that this is what they're listening to. This is the one that they're listening to and that it has a purpose and it has a season to it. And so I pray that you would even illuminate to each listener the things that that you are highlighting the things that you want to speak, the things that you are doing. I pray that you would stir their appetite and their hunger for the things of the Spirit in a greater measure um, as we're all endeavoring to walk even closer by the Spirit. I pray that you would draw them into that, that they would feel your presence, they would feel your closeness. And I pray that you would begin to activate their prophetic giftings. I believe there is a measure that you have given to each one of them. And I just speak activation over that in their lives in the name of Jesus, that they would begin to dream. They would begin to have visions. They would begin to have encounters with you, that their spirit would be alive and sensitive to the things of the spirit, that they would be hungry and desirous, Lord, of of walking by the Spirit in an increased measure, an increased manner. Make them sensitive, I pray, to the things around them, that they would begin to see you in the little details. They would begin to feel your Spirit walking behind them, pointing them in the right direction. And I pray for a grace on each one of them, Lord, for Lord, for the ability to hold all of these puzzle pieces in tension, that it would not overwhelm them, but that they would sense the grace that comes from heaven to hold all of these pieces, to as Mary did, to ponder them in their hearts. And I pray that by the Spirit, you would begin to show them where certain pieces begin to connect and to click together, show them the picture that you are forming. And I pray just deep encouragement over them in the name of Jesus. 
Yes, Lord, and I thank you that you said in John 3, everyone who is born of the Spirit is like the wind. I thank you that this is in our DNA. This is in our born-again DNA to hear your voice, to be led by the Spirit. So I ask for everyone listening that that this part of their DNA, this part of their kingdom life in you would be fully activated. Lord, we want to be people that hear your voice. As it says in Romans 8, everyone who is led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So Lord, may your children, may your sons and daughters be led by your Spirit in greater measure. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So keep your phones or your notepads or journals by your bed and expect to hear from the Lord. 